This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show. Uh, joining me this evening is Drew Hausman. Drew, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, I, I forgot I was on this podcast. It's been a long time. Yeah, I know. We kind of, we lost you in the woods of New Jersey. We thought the devil got to you for, for a while there, but you, you made it out alive. Uh, we had a lot to talk about, obviously, uh, and we're going to start with the national championship, because why the hell wouldn't you? Um, Drew was there, traveled to Morristown, or actually wasn't Morristown, New Jersey, right? It was, uh, where, where is that school located? Where's Drew University located? Uh, I don't, I don't even remember. It's the beauty of okay. it, but it's right outside Morristown. But yeah, it's so, at Drew Morristown University. Morristown adjacent so. in the Morristown, uh, uh, television market, if you will. Um, Miami FC to claim the NPSL national championship, uh, with a pretty thorough victory, uh, over FC Motown. Uh, to claim the first national championship for a Miami-Dade County-based team uh, in the county's history. Uh, twice teams have come close. Uh, the Miami Toros of the old NASL reached the Soccer Bowl final, lost to the Los Angeles Aztecs. And then uh, Miami FC last season uh, reached the semifinals of the NASL and lost to the New York Cosmos. Um, Drew, again, you were there. You saw it live uh what what'd you take away from the game? Well, well, prior to the game, let's let's kind of jump into the playoffs. I don't know how much we've covered them that much, but um, I mean, I, I was pretty nervous going into the final just because it's a final. But if you look at the the team's history in this uh, kind of short lived playoffs that they've had in the the NPSL, um, not too much it went scored against them. Their overall playoff record was a plus eleven goal differential. Yes. <laughs> so most games kind of ended up with plus two or uh, plus three. So. Uh, a big boost of confidence going in, but uh, uh, FC Motown also was kind of one of those sneaky teams. They were a first-year team in the NPSL. Uh, I think they, they kind of merged with another side and then rebranded, but um, they definitely had some, some firepower on their team. I think we mentioned it before that they had a former Fort Lauderdale striker player there, uh, Dilly Duca, who uh, Red Bulls fame and probably will be getting a MLS or USL contract uh, in the next coming days. Um, so going into it, you know, a little bit nervous, but um, it was a great final, man. You know, um, just any any time you can get the actual championship, it feels good. Last year was great, winning both both uh, both halves of the uh, NASL season, but uh, definitely uh, choked up in the playoffs and didn't didn't commit all the way. So going through and making it and getting the championship was great for uh, Miami FC too. Uh, it's a great game though, like that. That university isn't bad. It's a good field. Um, I think they had like two thousand people in attendance. There were a ton of uh, Red Bull fans in attendance, so it was kind of a, a bizarre crowd. Uh, being a South Florida soccer fan, seeing uh, just kind of a random other team supporters groups in mass at <laughs> at the place. Uh, I saw some Cosmos front office people. There were people in Kingston stockade jerseys. It was an interesting mixture of Northeast. Uh, northeast soccer but uh the game itself was was nuts um yeah man <laughs> it was 
I don't know. I feel like I'm going on, but I, I'm just uh, rethinking that Johnny Steele goal in my mind, which was just basically set that game off. Yeah, it was it was a lovely goal, and uh, you know the interesting thing you mentioned the 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 nature of the goal differential there and kind of what it reflects for um, Miami FC two. We had said after that first game against Jacksonville, the Sunshine State Conference final, that that might be the hardest game Miami FC, the hardest opponent in terms of talent level that Miami FC face for the entire playoffs, if if the cards fall right. Because basically, there are three NASL exiled teams, Jacksonville, Miami, and New York Cosmos. And Miami dispatched Jacksonville. So basically, it was setting up for that Cosmos final. But then FC Motown gets in the way and gets a pretty thorough... Uh, surprising win over New York Cosmos, be 3-0. Um, I'm sorry, 3-2. They, they were up 3-0, gave up 2 near the end because Cosmos were really pushing. But they went up 3-0 on New York Cosmos B, and that's a New York Cosmos B that had basically pushed around uh, their section of the world up there in the northeast of the NPSL. And so you saw that yeah, and they, like, they went undefeated. Well, I believe, yeah, in the regular season, the only loss they had was in the playoffs, and it was against uh, FC Motown. And so to see um, that happen, you're like, what in, the, what in the hell's going on here? Who is this FC Motown? What have they done with New York Cosmos? And now we have to play them. What's the deal? And so going into that game, there is that kind of nagging feeling in the back of your head. It's kind of, you know, the the, the MPSL playoffs have a real kind of um, March Madness feel to them where you're watching the upsets and seeing how it develops. And so when that team pulls the upset, you're thinking – Oh, great, they knocked out Team X. But then the next immediate thought is, oh, my God, they knocked out Team X. They're actually good. We've got to play this team that's lower ranked, but they're good. And so that was definitely, like, in in the very kind of forefront of my mind going into that game. And, and I don't I don't think that, that FC Motown, you know, uh, did any damage to their brand or perception. You know, it was, a, it was a thorough win by Miami FC, too. But they put forth what I thought was a fine performance. It just wasn't their night, and, and Miami FC 2 is a deserving champion of the MPSL. Yeah, and it was a bit unfortunate for FC Motown, too, that they got that red card, which kind of cemented that game. Or Once, once they got the red card, I felt a lot more confident in the uh, Miami FC 2 defeating uh, uh, you know an amateur team with a couple, couple ringers or uh, former pros on there, so... Uh, without that red, that that would have changed the pace. But like you were saying before, uh, kind of the the NCAA March Madness feel to it. I, th- I think it was the same thing where uh, after Atlanta, who probably outside of Jacksonville was the toughest competition of the tournament, uh, we played Little Rock or Miami FC two played Little Rock Rangers, and I think they beat uh, who was it Laredo Heat to get into uh, to to get into uh, the playoffs. So or not in the playoffs yes. to advance in the playoffs. So that was kind of Correct. a bizarre thing because Laredo Heat kind of had the cosmos thing going for them where they you know they went undefeated in the regular season and the other curveball too is they were also a first year team in the league where they used to be in pdl so um a lot of interesting opponents that i don't think anybody would have would have picked that path to to the finals yeah it definitely um the the road got plowed uh properly and and i do think that if it's miami fc2 against laredo or Miami FC two against New York Cosmos B, you're still probably favoring 
Miami FC, even against that better level of competition. But the fact that those two got got gone right before they were to play Miami FC, uh, that helped. That that certainly helped. And yeah, it basically as basically up to I would say up to the final almost the 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 quality of team that Miami FC two were playing was getting worse. It, I don't think it was getting better because you go from Jacksonville to Atlanta. Atlanta is, you know, a a former NASL side from a few years ago. It's still a pretty established club. Uh, Little Rock Rangers. I have that right, right? The Rangers or Little yeah. Rock. Um, th- I mean, they were they were a scrappy side, and and they're I think they're they've got a really strong base of support in Arkansas, which is great, and I do think that they can develop something that's really significant in the league, but they're not there yet. Um, and that, I think that showed in that match that Miami FC played, and it just it seemed like every uh, every domino that fell, they they were playing competition uh, that yeah, it wasn't improving. That was actually one of my concerns going into that final is. Will Miami FC be able to kind of shift back into gear to face this FC Motown team that actually does have some MLS quality talent on it? And the answer was yes, they were able to. <laughs> yeah, and no, the other thing that kind of I think saved uh, Little Rock and Duluth was both those teams just had fantastic keepers. Um, yes, I think it was the was it the Duluth goalie that got the uh, uh, NPSL Golden Glove. Yes, and that was clearly, and you could see it in that match. That was clearly the the key for that team. Yeah, yeah, and I, I feel like it was the same way with Little Rock, too. Like, I thought their keeper was outstanding. I, I even made a joke to their front office. I was like, hey, make sure the, the keeper gives our uh, front office their uh, business his business card on the way out. <laughs> 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 which which we may need because uh, if, if you're following the offseason player tracker, uh, Vega has gone to the Rowdies, so... <laughs> yes, we'll uh, we'll address that and some other things in a couple of minutes. But uh, let's continue yeah. to bask in the, the uh, glory. Yeah. So so I went down to the final, and uh, the day before I, I kind of had nothing to do between uh, seven and nine p.m. So I actually went to a Red Bulls two and Penn FC game because of course, <laughs> because what else can you possibly do? That's what you do. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what Drew does. But uh, it was pretty funny because uh, you know Aaron Dennis and. Um, and uh, Resende were playing for uh, Penn FC, and Tommy Heinerman sat behind me, which was kind of hilarious. Um, <laughs> but I actually ran into Motown's coach over there, so I was like, oh, what's up? And he was like, oh, you're the crazy guy who flew from Miami. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but uh, so what? So when I get to the Motown game, the, the, the day of game, their owner was kind of telling me that like three of their starters actually weren't playing in that final game because... Uh, you know how the NPSL is? It's they're they're an amateur team on FC Motown, so some of their like start players either had work or had to had other like prior engagements. So going in that game, like when I was in the parking lot, uh, putting down a couple PBRs, and he was like, "Yeah, three of our starters aren't here." I was like, oh, "Okay, I can mm-hmm. breathe." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was definitely when that came into. Uh... When that came over the chat, the old uh, Magic City Soccer chat, that was an interesting development. Like, oh, okay, that uh, that changes the math a little bit. And, and yeah, Miami FC performed like they were going against a team that were missing a couple starters. It was a really solid, thorough, clinical performance. You know, they didn't score 10 goals or anything because uh, Duluth. Uh, Motown does still have some of that talent, but, it, yeah, it just it, it wasn't meant to be for them. Um so Miami FC have claimed this title. 
Um, another trophy in the quickly growing trophy case for Miami FC as a club, and uh, they are more than happy to to share the good news on social media. Um, Drew, what do you think the significance is of winning this title? Um, again, obviously, this is not where Miami FC wants to be long term. Uh, they were kind of forced into this uh, this this marriage, uh, the kind of a shotgun marriage for them. And it worked out as well as it possibly could have. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of one thing we've been saying on the podcast the whole time is they really need to make an impression either uh, Miami or the Cosmos or, you know, whichever, or even Jacksonville is like one of these teams needs to win or they all need to perform really well because the unfortunate situation with the NASL, there's three clubs that we're professional clubs as of 2017, and in 2018, we're almost forced into you know being professional clubs in an amateur league, and that's kind of the flack that all three of these teams have gotten all year. Oh, you're a bunch of pros playing in an amateur league, but you know it's like hey, there 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 was literally nowhere else to go. The USL wouldn't have us, you know. Obviously, MLS wasn't an option for either of those teams, so it's it that was the only un MLS affiliated show in town to join. And uh, it's it's a big deal that they want it to just say, like, hey, look, we take this very seriously. We're a professional team. We play at this level. We're willing to do this. Like, give us a home. <laughs> Cut us some yeah. slack, you know, especially with all the lawsuits going. And uh, the interesting, you know, the interesting thing now is that there's two more Division threes applying. You know, and one is MLS affiliated, one's not. And now there's uh, maybe NPSL Pro coming along, so... Um, I think this uh, all all of those leagues can kind of point at Miami FC too, and maybe a Jacksonville and the Cosmos, and say we, or even like also I'll include Chattanooga, Detroit, some of the the higher echelon teams, and say, hey, look, these guys need to be playing like a full schedule year long, either semi pro, or sorry, either pro am or just a pro league, and whether that be after the MPSL schedule ends and they do a continuation or something else, this needs to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the only real card in Miami FC's pocket to play going into this offseason, this kind of uh, fall and winter, and hopefully for them it won't be another winter of discontent, um, the only card that they had to play is basically we're a going concern. We're a thing that is working and growing. We are paying our players. We are paying our staff. We're doing all the things. The, we're the core of what this club is supposed to do. And we're facing competition that we're clearly better than, and we proved it on the field. And, and honestly, for and it may not wind up mattering much for Jacksonville, who knows, or, or for New York Cosmos, I don't know. But it, it, it also helps that basically the best competition, Miami FC, the national champion of NPSL, had the whole season, was with Jacksonville, the other team. There's yeah. clearly a, a, a marker be, that's been thrown down that says we're not supposed to be here and you guys know this and you put us in this position and please knock it the F off because we can be more than this. You need to find a way to make this work. And, and as, as you said, Drew, it's another off season, which means we have yet more proposals coming in for uh, two second division teams and two third divisions when we already had no third division. and. And, of course, because that's American soccer and that's the way it works because there's no actual organization beyond the top level. But <laughs> um, the top level is set, but every, you know everything else is free-for-all. But 
whatever the eventual answer will be to this problem, Miami FC has done as much as they can possibly do this year to communicate to American Soccer and to the U.S. Soccer Federation that they are not where they belong and that if they are acting in good faith, if the Federation is acting in good faith, they need to find a place for this team, whether that's USL or NPSL Pro or or whatever other possibilities may be may exist. There's got to be a place for this club somewhere in the spectrum of American soccer. Yeah, or, or not even the Federation find a place for them, but it's support a league that will have uh, that the Federation will support, you know, like I, I right. Yeah, it's something that they, you know, not under kind of uh, what I'm trying to put this where I'm not sounding like a crazy, crazy pro rel anti MLS guy, but mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of, kind of something like you know, it's kind of something along the, the the NASL lines where it's like, okay, we'll have this independent soccer league that we're we're kind of teams can operate within their own within their own means and it'll be all good, but. You know, there really was no option for that for any club this year, and that's why people like Palmer kind of explored Division Zero. And then that's that's kind of the interesting thing without getting into the NPSL Pro thing too much, where I, I, I kind of brought it up before, but I kind of like the idea of doing maybe an extended season of that league for the, for the upper echelon tiers, because as we kind of hinted before, and I don't know if you want to get into it now, but already just we've had a ton of Miami FC2 players jump ship and join USL clubs. <laughs> yes. Because, and, because, uh, and, and, and rightfully so, because it's a waste. Yes. Because they're used to playing a full season. You're, you're an athlete. It's like a... You know, it's like a baseball player quitting, you know, at the All-Star break and saying, well, my season's done. I don't got to do anything else. Like, <laughs> just sit yeah, around for it, the next nine months and wait for uh, my half season to start back. We were talking about this last night, and to me, it's it's it, the sport in America that's not most similar to soccer, but the sport that at an administrative level functions most similarly to soccer is baseball. But baseball at the minor and major league level. Those kind of closed systems uh, that allow kind of advancement among the levels by players, not by teams. And so in the minor league system, you have single-A ball that's, uh, you know, spring season or summer season where you're basically playing half a season so that the you can kind of work in these guys on a short-term basis and then the players you like, you move them up to double-A and then they play a longer season. Uh, it's designed so that you, 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 will, you can f- fold in these younger players and then, you know, uh, basically work them out in different ways. Soccer has this with NPSL, but Miami FC's players under contract are not the kind of players designed for this system. They should be at a higher level because they were at a higher level. And so it's only natural that these players go. And I think it is important for us to clearly delineate here that a number, the, the, the players involved in moves very recently, basically within the last week, we're talking about Mario Daniel Vega, uh, Dylan Morris, um, those kind of core names those players, we are not sure, and the club has not disclosed to us or anyone else, as far as we know, whether those are longer-term moves or short-term loans for this season. The players that were brought in this year, like Adario Suarez, they were brought in under one-year contracts. And so if they are leaving to play with another team, uh, they are leaving to play with another team, as far as we know. So, But it, it is important that when we can find out what those types of moves are, 
if there are loans, well, then it makes perfect sense that the team is trying to get those players more time with talent commiserate with the talent that they have, USL-level talents, you know, second-division talent. If it's a sale or a transfer of some sort, we need to figure out what the club is getting back and what the plan is to replace a player, especially like Indio Vega, who has basically started almost every game for this club, more than 90% of the games all time. Um, that's going to be an interesting question to sort out over the next uh, few weeks and months, probably. Uh, I would presume those those players, once Miami FC figures out their plan of attack for next year, if it's something that would be more commiserate with what Miami FC was playing last year, a second division style uh, of play, um, those players are probably coming back into the fold. And if they're not, maybe those are loans that become permanent transfers. Yeah, and, and I... I... Just my personal opinion is I believe that they're loans because both Indy 11 and Tampa Bay Rowdies use the same verbiage where they put uh, blah, 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 joins, blah, blah, blah for the remainder of the season. So they didn't say we signed X player. They didn't say X, but they also didn't say X players on loan. But based off how I think the USL operates. I'd kind of guess they wouldn't admit to, to taking a loan. I don't know why from the NPSL, but um, just both of them had the same exact thing for the remainder of the season. So I'm going to guess their loans. And I think Omar reported on the Magic City Soccer Twitter uh, that, yeah, like you said earlier, that the, the original kind of NASL guys were all under longer-term contracts or on contracts yes. until December. So. Uh, with with both Mares and uh, Daniel Vega, they use the same terminology to the end of the season. So um, it might be a loan with an option to sign, or it might just be a loan, but um, kind of praying that both those guys stick around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially because Mares is such a, a good young talent, and, and Vega has been basically the heart and soul of the team. Yeah. Um, yeah, we definitely do know. We, we do know for sure that those if, – if you played for Miami FC – in 2017 and you were still on the roster in 2018 you're still a miami fc player as far as we know um going into this offseason here yeah could, I think it, I mean, until december could, i believe yes until december could there be some sort of sale or transfer or whatever possibly um but th- those are the conditions of the contract we know we also don't know that the players who have left in this period we don't know if it's a a transfer situation or a loan again you like drew said Particularly based on the verbiage used by the clubs involved, you're leaning more towards a loan, but there's no way to know until you can actually look at the paperwork, and and we don't have access to that at the moment. Um, So this is again for the third offseason in a row. Yeah. uh, A a club in transition. It's never once had an offseason. Uh, where we've just kind of sat back and speculated about who are they going to, you know, are we going to get a chance to play those teams again and, and contest the same tournament and trophy and all that. You've never had an offseason of just contentment. It has always been an offseason of discontentment. Uh, what we do know is Miami FC are the NPSL champions. What we do know is that they now have an open cup spot for 2019 through Miami FC 2. Um and beyond that, it's speculation, innuendo, and best guesses. Um, and so, you know, is it USL? Is it NPSL Pro? Is it in NISA? Or is that coming back? Who even knows? Is it something else? It, it, we just don't know. But what we do know is that Miami FC ended this season with a victory. And it's the only club in the NPSL that can say that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think we're done with this conversation. I'm sure we're gonna have like eight billion conspiracy theories and <laughs> off-season yes. podcasts. But uh, man, when you were saying that, I was just like, oh man, I, I, I envy so much those teams where just the off-season thought is. Who are we going to sign and how are we going to get better? Because literally right. every offseason it's been, what league are we going to? Is it going to collapse? Is the team going to yes. exist next year? Are we going to keep any of our players? Like, where are we going to play? That's really funny. Um, yeah. yeah, that's it's very funny and very sad and very true all at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah. it provides so, great uh, great excuses for us to do uh, offseason podcasts, though. So. Yes, it, ke- it keeps us talking, that's for sure. Um, so Miami FC again, done and dusted for now. I will have plenty more to talk about. Let's transition away to the other club making news, uh, down here, obviously, uh, big news, which is football Miami MLS. Last time Omar and I spoke, we told you about Paul McDonough, him coming in, uh, that's been confirmed and and signed. He gave an interview with Michelle Kaufman, uh, of the Miami Herald, uh, last week, uh, that I would suggest we, we retweeted it, uh, and I would suggest you go and read it if you haven't. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff there, particularly his discussion about how the club intends to develop its youth program and where specifically it intends on developing youth programs to reach out to young players and develop them. And, I mean, it's it, it can be cliche, but considering the guy is not a Miami native, is not has not really worked in Miami directly ever, he seems to be hitting the right notes and talking about the right things, which is good. Um the big news, though, uh, that we had a teeny tiny bit of a roll in uh, last week was the reveal of the uh, what appears to be the team name and team colors and team crest of Football Miami MLS. So we may not be calling it Football Miami MLS for very much longer because it does appear uh, all credit and praise goes to Bill Reese, um, who has been absolutely smothering the story of the names and logos affiliated with this club. And he's the, uh, he, the third Reese brother from Flight 19. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the long lost, the long lost Reese. Um, yeah, so uh, Bill Reese shared on Twitter last week um, what appeared to be uh, trademarks registered to the same uh, corporate entity that had registered the Miami Freedom name. Uh, which we know is not the team name, but is the name of the park where the stadium is intending to go. Uh, the logo is for a team called Internacional Club de Football, um, Miami. Uh, that would mean we have a club that's going to basically be Inter-Miami. Uh, that would appear to be the, the shortening that they're going to go with. Uh, the logo, and God knows if I start ornithological talk here and talk about birds oh, no. uh, for 20 minutes, I'm going to start a fight uh, throughout the Twitter sphere. Yeah. It is officially registered as a crane, I believe. That is the the official line according to the the trademark registration. Yes, is it true that cranes don't have feathers going straight back on their heads, and this one does, and so it has to be an egret? I don't know, and I don't that's, care. That's even debatable. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm the Tommy Lee Jones character in The Fugitive. I don't care. I'm going with what's registered. It appears to be a crane, okay? Uh, the color scheme, at least of what's been shared now, is black and pink, which I think uh, gets a lot of people pretty excited. That's yeah, a good uh, homage to the uh, Arsenal away kit from last year. Yes, absolutely. Uh, apparently, Jorge Mas is a Palermo fan. Um, but yeah, it's, it, 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 it makes a lot of sense when people talk about the possible color scheme 
uh, for this team. The colors that always pop up are pink, teal, and black, and white. And so it would make a lot of sense. The colors you saw on that, that crest were pink, black, and white. Uh, and the reason why our uh, interest came involved, it's kind of silly, but I do think there is something newsworthy there um, that I'll talk about in a second. Um, Tim Elfrink of the, the Miami New Times uh, posted a story about how he actually liked uh, the idea of the logo. He was on board with it, even though the New Times has sometimes been a little bit critical of, of Football Miami LS, and sometimes for good reason. Um, he had posted how he really likes it because he had ri- basically written a story before to, you know, Miami the hell out of this team, like really go go all out. Um, and so he posted this story, and then he said, uh, he shared that Jorge Mas had direct messaged him on Twitter, and he said, he someone who claims to be Jorge Mas, I, I know it is Jorge Mas, uh, based on some previous discussions, uh, basically saying that uh, our official logo, though, will consist of cockfighting birds in the center of the crest, surrounded by two croquetas and a media noche in the circle with a cigar looking uh, like a palm tree on top, all in teal. So I saw that, and of course, my immediate reaction was, I must make this. <laughs> I must bring this to life. And so you can visit us on uh, Magic City uh soccer on twitter uh, i will actually be resharing this i'll be retweeting it so you'll see it towards the top i think it's pretty good i think it's a pretty good effort for you know 45 minutes in between meetings and work and all that good stuff um yeah so again not to pat my own back but uh i think what's newsworthy about it and i promise i'll shut up and let you talk to you because i've talked way too long on this i think <laughs> what's newsworthy about it is is actually and again i'm kind of patting my own back but i think it's significant uh mr moss replied and basically said i'm laughing about it uh, and so if if it wasn't the logo, uh, I, I feel like he wouldn't have commented publicly. You know what I mean? I do think Tim Elfrink kind of blew up his spot there, um, sharing a DM, which is a Twitter faux pas. Um, but I, I do think that him replying to it is him basically mentioning that – him basically kind of acknowledging that, you know, the, the word is out and this is going to play some part in Football Miami MLS going forward. And I think for good reason because it's I, I think it's a great logo. Um, and I think most of the Twitter sphere would agree. Uh, Drew, I will now shut up and let you speak. Oh, yeah, man, I don't have too much to say about it. You know my stance. I'm kind of waiting to see what all happens. Uh, I, I do like the logo. I, I think there was, like, was there two versions where one was kind of like a smaller jersey version, or am I making that up? Um, no, I, th- I think that's correct. I think that's correct. Yeah, because I only saw the original one, I think, they're the the one that's being passed around the most, and my my only initial critique of it was that uh, like there there was a lot of stuff going on to condense to a small circle that's gonna go on your chest. <laughs> yeah. But but other than that, like no, it's a great logo, and and I'll criticize the crap out of Miami FC's logo too because I I think I brought it up before in the podcast. If you look kind of where the map points go to, it points to South America, not Florida. So. <laughs> Yes, that's true. That is true. <laughs> yeah, that that was always my favorite part about the YUC logo. But uh, no, it's it's great, and I'm I'm glad they incorporated the colors and and the birds. And uh, I I don't know if it was intentional, but the bird debate was kind of my favorite part about the launch. On oh yes, yeah, just, it was just seeing a bunch of grown men and women debate about whether they're flamingos, egrets, or herons, and then go into like solid bird science i was like oh man but that that just shows you the passion how much people actually care to care to look at this and how many people you know kind of take the time out of their day to debate about this kind of stuff where i'm like okay like this is legit (laughs) honestly it's i i i doubt this is the way it happened but i hope this is the way it happened 
I hope they filed that trademark knowing that there were going to be people who insisted it was a heron or ibis or because that's like, I they, mean they had a PR if that's firm, intentional that, it's genius yeah and they were like this is uh this is uh what is it blue and blue yeah and is the dress or blue white? or is yeah. the dress <laughs> gold you know it's one of those it, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely you know do you hear uh, uh Yanni or do you hear uh what's the actual word that you could hear uh, oh uh, I don't know I forget but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. So it it was perfect. It's absolutely perfect to just get people talking about it, and it's it's not anything where people are really. It's not like oh man, this logo sucks. It's that's a crane, that's a heron, that's an egret, that's an ibis, that's a flamingo. No one's actually criticizing it, and and it's yeah, it's it's a pretty. It, 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 I think it's 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 a mission accomplished from <laughs> Miami MLS, and it's one of the rare times when and they've actually got kind of two in a row here now. Because McDonough, everyone is pretty much on board with. is a pretty good hire for this where Miami MLS is at. Oh, yeah. And the logo release, even though it's it's, I don't think it's the way they intended it, but Bill Reese is, you know, has his eye glued to uh, corporate registrations now that have Miami and soccer tied to them. Um, it, it's a win. People seem to like it. I, I absolutely love, and I know I can speak on Omar Mubayad's behalf, even though he's not here. The uh, M logo created through the legs of the birds. Um, that absolutely will be going on hats in the very, very near future. Black oh, yeah. hats with the with the M legs, uh, and they'll sell a hundred thousand of them like in a month because it that's that's just it's right up the Miami sports fans alley. It, it's, it's perfect. It's going to so, be the new um, uh, what is it? The Miami Vice Heat jersey. Yes, absolutely. Or and, or and, it, it or it can go along with your Miami Heat Vice jersey and a uh, great compliment. Well, I remember when the Miami Vice jersey was released, there was part of me that was kind of crushed because, I, I mean, it was beautiful and it, the Heat were wise to do it. And I'm surprised it took this long for a local team down here to, to do something like that. But I was like, oh, man, those colors are perfect for Miami. MLS. Yeah, yeah. You're like, like, it's, ah. oh, you kind of stole their thunder. But if they're going for more of a pastel kind of look, uh, a lot of those similar color schemes can exist. If you're not going to go with neon pink, you can go with pastel pink. If you're not going to go with neon teal, you can go with pastel teal, and it'll still work. So there's still a lot of room there for Miami MLS. Um, I can talk about design talk all day long. And speaking of design talk, uh, be sure to go to uh, magiccitysoccer.oldschool. Uh, I'm sorry, magiccitysoccer.spreadshirt.com for some of our very cool designs. We were doing pastel pink uh, before it was Miami MLS cool. Uh, you can see some of our cool stuff over there and, and, and uh, help out the cause. Um, besides that, no real uh, Miami MLS meaty news since McDonough. Um, Jorge Mas did tell us last month that we should have an official uh, name revealed uh, basically within the next three weeks, and three weeks have come and gone. So uh, the official reveal, whatever that will be, should be soon. Um, he also said that the GM would be announced at the end of August, and he announced at the beginning. So, you know, pieces are being moved around. Uh, when there's news, you know we'll be there covering it, and we know you'll be there reading it uh, because people are definitely interested as the story develops. Um, so, uh, Drew, last night uh, you and I were pretty active in the local soccer scene covering some things that, well, we've, we've covered APSL before. We, we've been on that story, but we got out finally uh, to uh, UM, NFIU Women's Soccer, kicking it off in the local as Omar has coined it, and I'm happy to keep with it, the Palmetto Derby. Um, uh, we'll talk about the APSL. Uh, yes, it, it is the Ned Derby to me. <laughs> and I realize that no one laughs at that joke, and now I realize I'm sad, and I need, like, 
there are like four specific people on hashtag Kane's Twitter uh, that will laugh hysterically at that, and that's it. And now I know I'm I'm aging myself. Please Google Ned FIU, uh, and you'll understand why. Um, so uh, Miami and FIU kicking off at Cobb uh, Stadium on the beautiful campus of the University of Miami. Um, it was a little bit of a rainy evening, but the rain did clear for kickoff. And uh, honestly, I I figured Miami would be favored to win. I was pretty impressed in the manner in which they played. Yeah, the the University of Miami team. Uh, I think last year, kind of, they started to a great start. Got a little got a little rocky and lost lost some momentum in the rankings, but uh, still had a solid core this year. Brought in a similar group of players, retained some of them, but. Oh man, they looked amazing out there in comparison. Uh, I'm not trying to rag on FIU, but uh, I think even when they were warming up, Matt kind of tapped me on the shoulder and was just like, "Look how you am is warming up, and look how FIU." <laughs> yeah, and and eventually FIU did kind of like get back get into, into like a yeah. normal warm up routine, but they were just kind of taking shots there for a while as UM was going through the kind of normal. Uh, the normal kind of circular passing and you know yes yeah. passing out of you know situations things like that but yeah it's you know it, if you read our preview again uh, go to Magic City Soccer and you can review our preview um, you, you would see that both these teams are in a transitionary period um, Sarah Barnes who is the coach of the University of Miami's uh, team uh, was brought on this year this is her first season and there are basically if I remember my count correctly, 10 players who are brand new, either transfers or signings uh, or uh, kind of like exchange situations, a player from Iceland. Um, There's a tremendous amount of freshman and sophomore talent on this team. And and really, one of the, <laughs> the only way that they get beat is the fact that FIU is virtually in the same situation. Oh, yeah. Um, where... FIU, I believe, is 17 of 27 who are freshmen or sophomore or redshirt freshmen. Um, uh, I thought it was interesting uh, because FIU actually had a a larger amount of international players, though, which I thought was kind of crazy. And it wasn't kind of the the international players you expect. There there was a handful of, like, European players in Trinidad and Tobago where I was like, oh, wow, like – they're actually doing some some heavy hefty recruiting at the school. Yes, and uh, yeah. So head coach uh, Sharolta Nonan has been really trying to kind of make moves. Uh, Thomas Chestnut, the previous coach, really didn't leave the program in any kind of good position. And last year appeared to be a bottoming out. They only had one win the entire season. And so yeah, you're expecting. There's really nowhere to go but up. And there is some young talent there. They FIU were without their starting goalkeeper, their regular starting goalkeeper, uh, last night, and it, it just it never clicked from from kickoff. Miami dominated possession, passed the ball wherever they wanted to pass it, basically controlled the tempo of everything. There were about five minutes in the game between the 65th and 70th minute where that back line of Miami was kind of cracking. And basically, Ashley Adams, the forward, was cutting through them. But again, it was as though they took a five-minute nap and then woke back up and then kind of resumed play as it was. Uh, It it was a thorough victory for Miami. And yeah, if you're Sarah Barnes, you have to be happy. This team is 2-0. It gets the win over the local rival. The ACC is going to be much harder. You're not expecting this team to make the NCAA tournament yet. But 
especially with the number of young players there. Basically, mo- almost all the major contributors besides Lexi Castellano uh, was either young or transfer. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of promise there for the program, I think. Yeah, I think kind of the the one thing that I'm keeping in the back of my mind is I think last year they had a similar start where they went, I think it was like 4-0 or they had some ridiculous hot streak and then just kind of the program collapsed and everything. And and all the, the veteran players kind of wanted out and there was issue with the, the previous coach. But um, it's going to be an interesting season. I think they're playing, what, Thursday at home is the next game because they have a sweet uh, free T-shirt deal. No, actually, that's the next home game, and that's next week ah. against uh, University of Texas uh, El Grande Valley or something along those lines. No, actually, uh, UM takes to the road. They're heading to Nashville um, because on Thursday they play Vanderbilt, and then on Sunday they play Lipscomb, which are both both based in uh, Nashville. Then they come back and play uh, that, that UT-adjacent program. Um, yeah, so I think the thing for Miami – Again, right now you're not playing your conference competition and you are playing in the ACC, which is by far the hardest women's uh, soccer conference in America. The Pac-12 is close there. They're they're, they're kind of top-heavy. But in terms of the amount of teams that get into the top five on a regular basis, you're talking North Carolina. uh, I believe you're talking Duke, Florida State. Virginia gets up in there occasionally. Um, There's a lot of strong teams in the ACC, and so when you're trying to measure a North Carolina against an FIU, it's not going to be the same. However, you can do apples to apples and compare Miami FIU last year and Miami FIU this year. And Miami last year uh, did get a victory in this game, but it was not nearly as dominant a performance as this. And you would hope that it's it's a harbinger of things to come where Miami is able to better play against higher-level competition. We won't know until we get into that conference schedule. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it just I only saw the first half. I guess we'll kind of transition into why I only saw the first half. But, uh, yeah. Perfect. It, it just, Very good. Yeah, yeah. Good segue. But, but just everything everything that UM was doing was clicking, and FIU kind of had to only respond with that uh, kind of the desperation long ball, which in the first half just never kind of clicked. Uh, yeah, no, and in the second half, it did appear that they were trying to kind of find space in the UM back line and play lower, like, lower base through balls and did have some success there. Again, the Adams goal was was basically a through ball that com- confused the back line and even the keeper misplayed. Um, so, yeah, there, there, there were some things to build on for FIU, um, but... It, for for UM, you have to be more positive. You have to feel, be feeling more positive than FIU, obviously, and probably feeling more positive than you did last season, a 2-0 victory uh, at University Park at, at FIU Soccer Stadium. So the reason why Drew departed at halftime, you may be thinking, wait a minute, Drew Hausman left a soccer game at halftime in Miami? He's at every game. There's only well, one reason, reason why he's to at do every that. Game, yeah. <laughs> yes, to go to another game. <laughs> um, so, Drew, uh, you, you had a, a better view of this match than I did, the APSL final between South Florida FC and Red Force FC. Red Force, again, we, we've talked about them plenty on this show and written about them a lot on the website. They are as an, an as old of a soccer institution as you have in Miami-Dade County. Uh, at last year, FC Kendall, formerly uh, Uruguay Kendall, uh, claimed the APSL title, but now Red Force is back. And they and South Florida FC really put on a show. And you got your money's worth if you went to Tribal Park last night because you saw a lot of soccer. Oh yeah, a lot of soccer and a lot of uh, 
uh, to put it a nice way, a lot of intense uh, near fights and dramatic uh, on-field experiences. Um, but what, what you're saying with the 2017 champion, uh, FC Kendall won it in the fall, but actually uh, South Florida FC won the summer champion last year. So they were uh, there's it's kind of like a NASL situation where there's there's a split season. Mm-hmm. So there's no playoffs. So there's <laughs> in one year you have two champions. So um, uh, Red Force actually as mu- as much as kind of I think the podcast and local people love them. They've actually never won one before. So um, uh, South Florida FC was kind of the reigning title. Uh, they they beat Boca Raton FC three nothing to get into the into the pl- uh, final, and uh, Red Force uh, beat FC Kendall three one. Uh, to get into it, uh, the, I think the most interesting thing that kind of led into this game that was kind of the the, the juicy details was uh, they they had a goal race going on where uh, I think it was David David Oguain of uh, Red Force had ten goals and five assists and uh, Santiago Duque of uh, South Florida FC had nine goals and five assists, so they were they were right up against each other and they they count the playoff goals into the league goals and the winner I think gets a, a check or like a cash bonus. Because they're mm-hmm. they're amateurs, so you know I, th- I think that kind of motivated the both of them. So I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting. And very rarely do you have the same guy who's winning goals and assists against the same guy who's second place in goals and tied for you in assists going into the same competition. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was it was pretty crazy. It was your your kind of typical a, uh, APSL game where it's very rough, very intense. Uh, the first half, kind of both both teams had some opportunities. Um, uh, South Florida FC actually got a, a, a PK uh, probably 20, 25 minutes in. Uh, it was a French guy. I really can't pronounce his name. I won't even try. Uh, I'll give it a shot, <laughs> and a French person can laugh at me, but I'm going to go with uh, De Rossier. Right? Okay. It's kind of sounded French. Sounds good to me. Yeah, sounds good. So yeah, but he... I, <laughs> He went low and missed, and uh, the Red Force keeper actually uh, kind of just gobbled it up. And uh, I-, I was kind of upset because uh, Sebastian Evers, formerly of uh, Miami FC fame, uh, was the starting keeper for the Red Force at the beginning of the year, but they got a new goalie, so he wasn't playing that night. Um, but yeah, after an intense first half, it, it ended 0-0. It was kind of stalemate. Um both both sides have good opportunities in the second second half they amped it up uh same thing happened uh uh basically south florida fc got a got a insane header within like six minutes into the second half but then uh our, our buddy david oguain got a, got a pk for red force so it put them yeah. onto the to the scoring title uh one 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 end of regulation extra time 1-1, end of first half of extra time. Second half of extra time, maybe six minutes in, uh, Red Force puts one on away. Looks like Red Force is going to take it. Everybody's kind of, you know, getting that we're winning the final vibe. I think final maybe one or two minutes, uh, uh, South Florida FC does a crazy cross in the box, get a header, tie it up 2-2, take it into PKs. This game started at 8.30 at night, so at this point it's like 11-something at Tropical Park on a yeah. Sunday. Went, in, went into penalty kicks. Ultimately, Red Force won 4-3 in PKs and took the uh, took the APSL summer title. So 
Uh, it was their first APSL title. Uh, I think I, I was happy to see them win. Uh, I was kind of trying to play uh, impartial on the behalf, but you know, Red Force. I think we've seen them a lot, covered them a lot, and they're always in the Open Cup. So it was good to see them to get them to get that, and uh, also David Ogoin get the the uh, uh, sorry Golden Boot and the assist lead. Yeah, you know, I think that I mean, we've we've kind of talked about this before, but we we have a neutral position when we're covering stuff. But I think independently, we can we, we cover Miami Dade. You know what I mean? We have we have an editorial bias, and that's towards teams that play in Miami Dade. South Florida is based in Broward, yes. Um, so yeah, of course, we, I I I want to see Red Force win that one. Um, and it was a heck of a game. It was I I literally saw I was able to see the very 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 end of it. The, literally the last two penalty kicks, um, and so yeah, it's it's exciting for them and, and good for the sport. And again, anytime you're talking about those those institutions, that's really the only way to say it. You know, Kendall and uh, Red Force, they are institutions in local soccer. They've developed players that have gone much higher than their level. Uh, you know, they they are they're doing the grunt work. They're on the front lines of local soccer development and uh, it, it's good to see them succeed it's good to see them thrive and do well so congratulations to them uh, and their ownership and their players um and yeah now now we move on to the fall season yeah and the, not only that the the level of play was just really good like i was impressed by both sides uh when you when you think kind of an amateur uh not part of the pyramid league you kind of tend to think down on it, but man, e- either one of those teams last night could have beaten uh, just tons of current NPSL teams in our market and in other markets where it's kind oh. of crazy that they're playing in the you know a kind of a local league where I'm like, man, these these guys are ridiculous. Like, if if the Open Cup was more spread out and they got to like play a team and you know, Iowa or North Carolina or somewhere like the, the Red Force and Kendall last year would have had much longer runs. Yeah, I, I Drew, I can't agree with you more on that. I mean, if you, remember uh, earlier this season when Miami FC2 played uh, FC Kendall yeah, was, uh, in a friendly. It was, 2-1, it was right? tight. <laughs> yeah, it was a 2-1 tight, tight friendly. And reflecting on that game, our thought process was, Oh my God, Miami FC is is in the toilet. This is terrible, and they wind up winning the whole NPSL. When really the conclusion that should have been brought was, Hey, FC Kendall is pretty good, and if you don't absolutely prepare for them fully, you're going to get caught with your pants down, and you're going to be embarrassed. And FC Kendall didn't even make it to the final that that Red Force was in, and so there is absolutely uh, talent in that APSL competition, and particularly on those two teams. Down here in Dade County, tremendous talent that will rise. It's time you know, Ogin has to go somewhere. I feel unless he's just committed to stay in Miami because he seems to be involved in everything for them. Um, where you would figure a, a team at a higher level w- would have eyes on him. But yeah, it's 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 really good for the sport. They have been the ones to keep the flame burning even in the darkest of times. After the first Miami FC moves to. Fort Lauderdale, and and you don't have a Miami United to kind of fill in the gap, and you don't have the new Miami FC filling in the the NASL. Those are the teams, those are the constants that have been here, you know, through through the years basically, and and to see them continue to just roll right along, it, it, it's good. It's very good for the county. It's very good for the people in this county that support soccer. Yeah, and I, I think both Red Force and FC Kendall are, are go 
both going into the U.S. Open Cup again this year, so uh, we're we're probably going to see a few more of their games coming up. Uh, it should be interesting. And uh, I yeah. think who was it? FC Kendall ended up playing Jacksonville in the Open Cup. Um, or no, they no, played in United. FC... They... Yes. Yeah, they played United. And then Red Force played Miami FC. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, those guys are both really good. So I mean. Uh, I kind of look forward into covering a little more APSL if the opportunity presents itself coming up into their uh, fall season. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to be out there, you know, now that Miami FC uh, uh, is taking a bit of a break. Uh, we'll have, we'll definitely have some more time on our schedule to be able to see more local college soccer you know, and more local APSL soccer. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, we say it all the time, but if you like soccer in this county, there's really no excuse for you to be missing out on some competitive match somewhere. You know, FIU men's kickoff next week. Uh, the women are obviously in full swing, and now the APSL fall coming up. Your cup runneth over. Even without Miami FC 2, even without Miami FC, even with no MLS yet, you have plenty, you know, get get your cheers and chants in order. Get your, get your uh, not your finances in order, but your, your fandom in order ready for other things to come in the future, but there's no reason to not be checking this stuff out now. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. Both both games on Sunday were free, so... <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, too. All these the, the UM game actually had walk free barbecue provided by shorties. Like, we literally walked yeah, we in came... and we were like, hey, here's some delicious barbecued chicken. <laughs> we came out on top. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we, we left that UM game with a profit of, you know, a barbecued chicken Stomach breast content. and your corn. <laughs> And a roll, yeah. We we got fed for free and got to watch some soccer. That's that's a heck of a deal. Uh, and usually UM has a lot of different kind of giveaways and fun things. It's not always shorties, but there's always something. They they do a really good job over there in terms of game operations. I mean, obviously they're a huge Division One program that you should expect them to. Um, but yeah, it was it was really it, it was Cobb. We've talked about before is a tremendous venue for that kind of play, that kind of lower level college level play. It's awesome. And, and you should you should get and out it and check it out. It was perfectly filled. Yeah, it was great full. attendance for the for the UM game. Yes, it was hard for us. It was a group of about five of us. It was hard for us to find a seat together, um, because yeah, especially you know a lot of FIU people out there too. Uh, but yeah, they had overflow. They had seats on the track. They 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 had really filled it out. It was nice to see. Um, yeah, I, I I really think. I mean, again, I have. I have UM bias, I know, uh, being a graduate, but I do feel like that women's program is a sleeping giant. You know, if if Sarah Monroe is the person to 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 fit in the right place there, there's no reason why they can't be a, a routine winner, um, especially when you have elements of the U.S. women's program so close, functional down here. You know, Jill Ellis is based down here, lives down here, lives less than five miles away from the campus. Uh, there, there, are, there are tools available and, and, and resources available to the program that – they sh- they should be able to do well. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if the the new hire is the one to uh, to tick it over. Um, but yeah, so I think that's about it. We've covered a, a heck of a lot of stuff uh, here tonight, um, and there'll be a lot more to come. Uh, Drew, any final thoughts or parting words or anything? Uh, no, I'm just trying to think about upcoming stuff. I think you teased the uh, UM women's game. The FIU home opener is the 31st against... Stetson, our uh, Welshman's favorite hat company. <laughs> that is the men's season. The yes, men's correct. Opener, the yes. men's season. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that. Speaking of uh, sleeping giants, that FIU men's team 
you need to watch out for them. Again, if you care about soccer down here, especially if you're a Panther, uh, you need to go out and watch that team because that team is legit good. Uh, and we'll have more in the preview uh, before the season opener next, uh, I believe later this week. They open on the road, I think, um, if I recall correctly. But, yeah, they've got legit talent on that team. Yeah, that they, team they open against last Duke year. on the road. Oh, no, it's invitational, yeah, uh, though. Yeah, but that'll still get that'll all get factored in in the the, the rankings, the rankings yeah. and all that. Um, so yeah, you're you're that team is legit good. They went to the NCAA tournament last year. They could go again this year. They could make some noise this year. I mean that that team has been in an NCAA Division One final um, before. It's been a while, but the, the capacity is there for FIU to be real, real good at men's soccer, and they may be on the path to doing it again. And I know FC Miami City didn't have a great year this year, but imagine all the good players from there playing at FIU. And that's what Yes, that's is. true. If, <laughs> if 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 you watch FC Miami City and you're not going to watch FIU, you're you're missing a really easy double dip because um, you can keep an eye on a lot of those players. Um, yeah. So again, uh, visit us at MagicCity.Soccer. We always we're, we're we're really trying to expand our reaches even further than what we have. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking about Colombia and Venezuela. Um, and they'll be facing off at Hard Rock Stadium. We'll, we'll hopefully be able to cover that like we were able to uh, the ICC games. Hopefully we may be able to have a ticket giveaway like we did with uh, Bayern and Man City. Big reaction to that. So you, you guys have kind of put the, the, the challenge to us that we ought to do something like that again. Um, I got MagicCity.Soccer. Uh, follow us on Twitter at MagicCitySoccer. Facebook, MagicCitySoccer. Instagram, MagicCitySock don't know c-e-r at the end um but yeah you know f- follow us on social media and just stay aware because there's a lot of fun stuff coming down the road pretty soon uh drew where can they find you on twitter uh it's houseman lol yes or it's, it's houseman, houseman sock s-o-c-k <laughs> yes uh that's that's his uh his twitter account dedicated solely to unique and fun socks um so go ahead and check that out uh, but yeah, it's Houseman LOL. I'm at Matthew S. Bunch. Uh, and yeah, I think that's about it. Drew, as always, thank you very much, sir. Yeah. And until next time, uh, I've been Matthew Bunch, and this has been Magic City Soccer. Uh, go Miami FC and enjoy your trophy, because, uh, you know, you're, you're done for the offseason. And go Miami Soccer. We are the Panthers of FIU. The Golden Panthers of FIU.